It's so good to have Jay and Renee back in the house of the Lord with us. Praise God. Amen. So good to see Sonny back there, Brother Van Heusen back from vacation. Praise God. All right. Amen. And uh, so good to see Jay in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. And uh, I was praying for you yesterday, Jay. Yesterday, everybody whose last name starts with P, your pastor was praying for you. I text all the all the people whose last name starts with P. And Cameron, good to see Cameron in the house of the Lord. I was texting and praying for him, praise God. And uh, uh, I've been praying for everybody in the house. Amen. Not a family here is going to go without being prayed for. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm praying for you, your kids, and your spouses, and your jobs, and your health. And uh, we're a praying church, praise God, amen. We are a praying church, and we're a praying people. And we also want to get a list of people out to everyone here so that you can also join us in the fight, praise God. You ought to pray for your brother and your sister, praise the Lord, amen. And uh, I, feel, I, feel, I feel like God is really, amen, encouraging us to do that this year and, uh, and just lock things up in the spirit and let the devil know he's not welcome, amen, hallelujah. Somebody say praise the Lord. Please keep Brother Mario Smith in prayer. Uh, for those of you who do not know, he was in a very, very serious car accident. Um, and he had just gotten out of the hospital. And uh, he was here last week. We were, we were, I told the church, I said, everybody pray for Mario. Don't stop praying. And the next day, he was in a very severe car accident. And when I tell you, it was a miracle that God kept him. It was a miracle. He, yeah, amen. So please keep him in prayer. Keep Sister Leslie Smith in prayer. She's tough, but uh, there's a lot of pressure, and uh, and it's hard when your spouse is down. Amen. And so we want to keep her and him in prayer. Amen. Hallelujah. Because uh, just because you get in a car accident don't mean life stops, and it doesn't mean life takes it easy on you. So uh, let's continue to pray for the Smith family. I imagine Brother Mario will be back in church soon, but I'll let him testify. As to how the Lord kept, praise God. Aren't you glad we serve a God that keeps us? Amen. He keeps us. All right. Praise the Lord. All right. Proverbs chapter number nine, verse one through two. Say amen when you have it. The Bible says wisdom has builded her house. She has hewn out her seven pillars. She has killed her beast. She has mingled her wine. She has also furnished her table. I want to talk to you today on this subject. Amen. Wise people. Wise people. Can you say can you say that with me? Wise people. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is powerful and it is anointed. Lord, I pray, God, that you would bless the preaching of your word. Anoint me now to speak to your people. Oh God, I pray that you would bless them. In Jesus' name. And someone shout, Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise before you're seated. seated. Praise God. <laughs> Since the day the Bible was published, there has been a long list of sayings which have mistakenly been said to be in the Bible, which are in fact not in the Bible. Such as, no man is an island. I remember arguing fervently as a new convert with my pastor that this was in the Bible. Money is the root of all evil. 
That is not in the Bible. The love of money is the root of all evil. God works in mysterious ways. That is not in the Bible either. He makes his ways known. Praise God. <laughs> love the sinner. Hate the sin. That is not in the Bible either. Amen. Praise the Lord. I know some of the women are going to feel a bit disappointed, but godliness is next to cleanliness is not in the Bible either. Moderation in all things is nowhere to be found in any version of any Bible. Praise God. Got quiet on that one. Praise God. Who's, who's been lying? The eye is the window to the soul. Nowhere in scripture. Praise God. And I've heard that one preached about. <laughs> I wish it was because there's a lot of people I'd love to talk to eyeball to eyeball. Praise God. But there is one saying which has always caught my attention since the first time I heard it. And it is as follows. God helps those who help themselves. The problem with this saying, like all the others, is that it's not true. Just, I didn't get an amen on that one. It is not true. It is not in scripture. And it is not true. Because God does help people who cannot help themselves. In Matthew chapter 15, Jesus heals a young girl who was afflicted and tormented beyond any help she could offer herself. In Matthew 17, Jesus heals a young boy who no one could help, not even his own disciples. In Mark chapter 5, Jesus raises a girl whose father's name was Jairus, amen, who was in coma. You can't help yourself when you are in coma, but Jesus can help you when you're in coma. Psalm 72 and 12 says, for he shall deliver the needy when he crieth, the poor also, and him that has no helper. God helps those who cannot help themselves. Oh, somebody give God some praise. I don't know. I get goosebumps when I think about God helping people who cannot help themselves. And from a salvation standpoint, the Bible is clear that we need help, which is above and beyond anything we can offer ourselves. Ephesians 2, 4 through 5 says, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. Amen. And a lot of people miss the fact that Paul labels us dead. Dead people can't help themselves. They're dead. And if a dead person goes from death to life, it is because God has made it possible, not themselves. And so God helps people who cannot help themselves. God helps people who can't save themselves. Amen. Hallelujah. And I'm just going to tell you, and though this is not, amen, the heart of the message this morning, there's going to be a lot of time in life when you can't help yourself and God is going to help you. There's going to be a lot of times in life when you
you can't save yourself and God is going to save you. There's going to be a lot of times in life when you don't want to go to church, but you're going to go to church. There's going to be a lot of times when you don't feel like praying and all of a sudden you're going to start praying. Amen. And that's because the spirit is helping you. There's going to be times in life you can't pay your bills and you can't even get yourself together enough to balance your checkbook. And God is going to help you. Praise God. Because he's a good God. He's a merciful God. He hears it when you cry. He hears the people who have no help, including from themselves. Somebody give God some praise if they believe that. Hallelujah. Someone shout a healthy amen. God has always helped people who cannot help themselves. However, however, we should never interpret that to mean that we have no need of initiative, motivation, and agency. Sitting around and waiting for your life to turn out the way you want it to without doing anything is downright dangerous. Proverbs 6, 10 through 12 says, Yet a little sleep and a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall thy poverty come as one that travaileth and thy want as an armed robber. The Bible says that the effects of non-action are similar to that of having your house robbed by an armed man. When you decide that you're just going to sit around and not do anything about your situation, amen, the Bible says that want and poverty, amen, will enter into your life suddenly, unexpectedly. And it's going to hold you at gunpoint. Praise God. Amen. I don't know if you've ever been robbed. I've had the privilege of being robbed before. Praise God. And I'm just telling you, it's not a good feeling. And I can't, I, I don't want to ever experience that again. Praise God. But I, I don't want life to do that to me either. Amen. I want to make sure that I'm doing everything I can with every bit of strength that God has given me. Somebody shout yes. In our opening text, the writer depicts wisdom as a woman who builds her own house and prepares her own meals. Everything from the outside to the inside is done by her. Wise people immerse themselves in their work. And wise people know that the work they have to do has to be done by them. They cannot outsource it. They can't ask their mother to do it. They can't ask their father to do it. They can't ask their cousin and their brother to do it. They can't ask their pastor to do it. They can't ask the police to do it. They can't ask the government to do it. They're not asking their manager at the job to do it. They're not asking Joe Biden, Donald Trump, or whoever's next to do it. They're not at they understand that the house that has to be built got to be built by them. They understand that the pillar, come on somebody, hallelujah. Somebody give God some praise. Amen. It's easy to read this proverb and not notice how strange it sounded when people read it and heard it for the first time. Needless to say, when you consider how this proverb makes its points, there's a lot we learn about the need to work hard in order to have the life we want. Amen. Number one, I want to point out to you that the scripture, how much Proverbs 9 and 1 through 2 uses the word her. Everyone say her. her. First, amen, notice that, amen, the use of the word her is used to describe that she builds her house. She hews her pillars. She prepares her table and her feast. The scripture says that she even slays her beast. That woman went out and killed the ox herself. 
Wisdom knows what needs to be done. Amen. And wisdom knows that it needs to be done by her. If you want a house, you have to build it. If you want pillars, you have to hew them. If you want a feast, you have to prepare it. You and I must learn to execute. Everyone say execute. We have to learn how to execute. It's never enough to just want something. I said it's never enough to just want something. I hear people say all the time, motivational speakers, you got to want it. And amen, I've probably even preached myself, you got to want it. I'm telling you, wanting it is not even, the, wanting it, amen, at best is just the beginning. Amen, but at worst, just wanting something is outright dangerous. Amen, because when you want things you aren't willing to work for and work towards, amen, you're going to hurt yourself. Uh, amen, Proverbs 18 and 1 says, through desire. Desire. A man having separated himself seeketh and intermeddleth with all wisdom. Amen. What that scripture is saying is that people who are full of desires, which they aren't willing to satisfy with hard work, isolate themselves and resist all wisdom. Amen. Hallelujah. You find me somebody who's isolated and I'll show you somebody that wants a bunch of stuff they're not willing to work for. Amen. And I'm not just talking about jobs, people. I'm talking about... Amen. Everything from substance abuse to marriage to children to finances. Amen. I'm talking about the whole thing. Uh, you find me, uh, you show me somebody who's isolated, and I'll show you somebody that doesn't want to work. Amen. Towards getting sober, who doesn't want to work towards having good children, who doesn't want to work towards getting out of pop. And you know, when you isolate yourself, you have to do it at the expense of friends and family. And so, isolated people, amen, tend to criticize all people. Because they have to justify a reason, huh? amen, for getting away from the family, huh? for hiding from their wife, huh? for hiding from their church, huh? for hi Come on, somebody. I know you. I know. I know it's a rainy day, but we about to have some summertime preaching. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm just letting you know. Amen. Hallelujah. You better be careful. Amen. When a little spirit starts talking in your ear huh? and telling you to just get away, get away, get away. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, you need to get in, get in, get in. Amen. Hallelujah. Get in the flow. Uh, amen. Get in the church. Uh, amen. Get in the marriage. Uh, get in the kids. Uh, amen. Get yourself. Come on, somebody. Get yourself checked in. Uh, get you. Oh, somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Oh, come on. Let's praise him. Let's praise him. Let's praise him. Hey, guess what? When you want a good marriage, you don't get to just isolate yourself. Amen. When you want a good marriage, you got to stay in the marriage. Amen. When you got a good marriage, you can't set up another room in the house for you. Getting quiet on me, praise God. I know some of us, amen, are sleeping in other rooms. Amen. Go back to your room. Praise God. Amen. Don't isolate yourself because you're, you're going to end up, praise God, you're going to end up in all kinds of trouble. If, if I, you know, I hear people say, I just want him. I just want her to change. Well, then get in it. Get get in it and do the hard work. Amen. You got to build your house. Amen. Now, I'm sorry. Amen. You, you, the, the, the wedding vows and the cake, amen, and the honeymoon, then none of that came with a home. Praise God. And I'm not talking about buildings, folks. I'm talking about a home because I know a lot of folks that have a house and don't have a home. Praise God. I'm talking about having a home. If you want a home, praise God, you're going to have to be... 
You can't be the man of the house if you ain't in the house. Praise God. You're going to have to come home. Amen. Get in the marriage. Get with the kids. Get with the wife. Amen. Walk the dog. Praise God. Pay those bills. Be, do the hard work. Praise God. If you need counseling, get you some counseling. Praise God. But I'll tell you what. There's a whole lot that can be settled by you and your wife just praying together. There's a whole lot that can give. Somebody say praise the Lord. Give, give the Lord some praise right now. Hallelujah. Hey, I'm just, I'm just telling you. Amen. Getting sober is one of the hardest things you'll ever do. Amen. And, and, and let me explain to you what I mean by hardest things you'll ever do. It is one of the hardest things, and I'm talking to everybody. I don't care if you got issues with cores or steroids. Y'all getting quiet on me now. Praise God. I'm going to keep on preaching. Praise God till you get a little more comfortable with this. Amen. I don't care if the doctor did prescribe it. Amen. If you're taking it to start swerving and you like the feeling, it's time to give it back to the doctor. Amen. Hallelujah. There's a reason he don't take it. Praise God. It's getting quiet on me now. Praise God. Ain't had a back year in 20 years and you're still on the Vicodin. Well, he's preaching good this morning. Hallelujah. I'm just telling you, if you're going to want it, you know, this is, this is probably going to lack a lot of taste here. I'm just telling you, I grew up in the hood. So if you don't know what I'm talking about here, just, just laugh along. But, you know, it is incredible how motivated crackheads are. <laughs> they have a level of intensity and motivation that is incredible. Um, you know, I, I mean, I've seen crackheads walk, walk down the street with refrigerators <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I'm not going to lie. I used to be, I used to have some drug problems. It was amazing what I was willing to do for some dope. I mean, I was motivated, brother. I'd work. I'd stay up late. I'd wake up early. Praise God. I would resist sleep. I'd do all kinds of stuff just to get me another fix. But it, I'm just telling you, it's going to take that to get sober. Nobody wants to hear that. I, you know, it's just going to take that. It's going to take that level of intensity. It's going to take that level of desire and burn. Amen. Holla, you just need to switch partners. Amen. Amen. I'm just telling you right now because, you know, I am sick and tired of people telling me it's not working. The prayer's not working. The Bible reading's not working. Amen. Hallelujah. You know what's not working? You. You ain't working. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Because come church, you miss. You ain't working. Come prayer time, you miss. You ain't working. Come Bible reading time, you miss. You ain't working. Amen. Go out and eat expensive meals, but don't give. Amen. You ain't working. Praise God. Amen. I'm just telling you. Amen. Go out and buy gifts for everybody and don't pay your tithes. You ain't working. Amen. It's not that God's not working. You ain't working. Coming up in here with expensive clothes. Amen. Hallelujah. You ain't the one working. Amen. I'm just telling you, there got to come a point in your life where you say, I am determined to, to get delivered through the power of God. I am determined to walk down the roads God says I have to walk down. Amen. Hallelujah. To get delivered from this addiction. Praise God. It ain't going to happen. Amen. Chilling at the house. It ain't going to happen. Making excuses for yourself. Sweetheart, hey, brother, I'm telling you, I'm not. Get, I, I'm getting fired up right about now. We ain't even we ain't even halfway through the message. I'm just telling you, praise God, you're going to have to have a level of motivation and tenacity. Amen. Not because I'm preaching this, but because God is watching you. 
And God is saying, I just watched you drive 30 minutes. I just watched you Uber. I just watched you, amen, I just watched you call everyone you know. Amen. So, so you could go out and do the things you want to, which are sinful and which are wrong. But when it comes to church, when it comes to me, praise God, I, I play, I'm, I'm your plan B, C, D, E, and F. I get your leftover. Hey, listen. You know, man, I like leftovers. Yeah. 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 Leftover pasta. Yeah. Put some water on it in the microwave. <laughs> Put the cold pizza back in the toaster. Man. Sometimes it tastes better than when you first got it. God don't like leftovers. No, 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 no. You could give that to your husband. Amen. Your husband may gladly take it. Praise God. You may like leftovers. Praise God. Amen. I'm just telling you right now, God don't want nothing. Amen. That's leftover. God wants first fruits. And by first fruits, it doesn't, it means your very, very best. Hey, if you are in this church service right now and you're thinking about whether your football team is winning, amen, hallelujah, you should not be expecting any kind of deliverance. Amen. If you can't come to church and start thinking about you winning and God working with you so you can catch a win, praise God, I'm just telling you, you ain't going nowhere real fast. You're just, I'm, I'm, hey, God will help you even when you don't help yourself, but you're going to have to acknowledge some stuff and you're going to have to look at the things you are doing that are destructive to your own future and say, you know what, God, I'm not even helping myself. I need some help right about now. Oh, somebody give God some praise. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, come on. It's getting quiet and tight in here. Praise God. But we going to praise God. Amen. 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 Somebody said, I'm going to come back when he ain't preaching. I'm going to be preaching for a few months. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hey, hey, listen, Proverbs 2, 12 and 11 says it this way. He that tilleth his land shall be satisfied with bread. It's important to take care of others. You know, it's really important that, that, that we learn how to take care of others. We have to. We have to learn how to take care of our spouses. We need to learn how to take care of our kids. We need to learn how to take care of our friends and our church family. We need to learn how to take care of each other. But let's remember the importance of tilling our own land. Amen. You got to till your land. Amen. If you don't know what till means, it means farm. Till means to sow seed. Till means to raise crops. Till means to harvest those crops. Till, till means, till refers to the entire farming process. That process takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of attention. Your life is a field that needs to be tilled. Your life is, your children are fields that need to be tilled. Your spouse is a field that needs to be tilled. Your job, your career, your education are fields that need to be tilled. Praise God. And you got to see those in your age and your, 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 your development. Amen. From, from adolescence to adulthood. Amen. To your senior years. Those are fields that you have to till. You have to see them from beginning to the 
end, praise God. And there are things you have to work on until the work is done, praise God. Amen. Why are you, why are you saying this, Pastor? Because too many folks, amen, are trying to till other people's fields when the scripture says to till your field, your land, and then you'll be satisfied with bread. Honey, I'm, I'm sorry. Amen. You got you to gotta think about your kids before you try to till somebody else's kids. You got to, you can't just be, hey, I'm just telling you right now, your kids need so much attention. You don't have time to worry about somebody else's kids. Amen. Hallelujah. Hey, come on. I'm preaching to somebody right now. Hey, you good grandparents, God bless you. But if you've raised your children, amen, don't forget that you still have a field to tilt. And as much as you love your kids and as much as you love your grandkids, there's still a phase in your life that needs to be done. There's still a phase in your life, praise God, that needs to be worked on and brought to fruition and harvested. Amen. You still got a life too, praise God. You still got to come on somebody. Hallelujah. Hey, I'm just telling you, amen. Husbands, praise God. You got to worry about your wife, praise God. Wives, you got to worry about your husband, your marriage. Amen. Needs seeds sown into it. Your marriage has, has crops that need to be raised, praise God. Hey. Oh, let's praise the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Amen. Pastor, why are you preaching this to us? Because I want you to have a harvest. I want you to have a harvest. Hey, I'm telling you, when your harvest is strong, you got leftovers to give away. You got leftovers to give away. Amen. And I know, I, and I see it. It's happened in my marriage. It's happened in your marriage. Amen. You get fascinated with the problems that somebody else has. Oh, we're going to preach. I, I, yes. Go ahead and wiggle. We're going to preach. You got all kinds of stuff going on in your life, in your marriage. Your kids are still trying to learn how to read. Your kids are still trying to get through high school. Your kids. And all of a sudden, you want to worry about your cousin's kids. And all of a sudden, you're worried about your sister's husband. And your husband's rolling his eyes as you're talking about her husband. It's getting quiet. Praise God. Speaking of English, the Spanish service is a two. Praise God. Uh, amen. Hey, somebody said, well, that's, that's my dog. That's my girl. Ride or die. You might just die. You might just die tilling her ground. You might just die on her tractor. You might just die trying to make sure that there's nice, clean rows for her house while the rows in your house is all crooked, nothing growing, weeds taking over, rats infested. Hey, listen, I don't care what my, I don't, I don't, listen, I love, they're, they're wonderful. I don't trust, there's hardly anybody I trust more than Jesse and Lene Willoughby. And guess what? I'm just not too concerned about what's going on in their marriage. I mean, other than my pastoral responsibility, praise God, other than what I feel in prayer. But other than that, I'm just sorry. Amen. Hallelujah. I got, I got this beautiful woman I got to worry about. Praise God. And he's got to worry, amen, about his wife. And I got to worry about my wife. And I, I got kids and I got to worry about my, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm scraping to raise my kids. What am I going to be doing trying to raise your kids? Praise God. And what are you doing trying to raise your cousin's kids and your brother's kids and your sister's kids? You can't do it. Amen. You can do it, but you won't get bread. You can do it, but you won't get a harvest. You can do it, but you'll have rats. You can do it, but you'll have weeds in your garden. You. Yeah. Hey, 
You know, and I've said this, I've said this to the young married couples, I'm going to say it again. Praise God. When you have kids, they're your kids. They're your kids. They're your kids. You're going to have to raise them all the way through. They, you, I'm they might tear you apart. They might take you for the ride of your life and then, and then come back to pick you up for a second round. You know what diaper spells backwards, right? Repaid. Praise God. God's just paying you back for what you did here, parents. He's just paying you back. Amen. Go ahead and serve the sentence. It's getting quiet. Praise God. Hey, and I, you know, listen, being a grandparent is a phase. It, it really is. It's a phase. It's a phase. But, but grandparents have lives they still got to work out. They still, you know, they still have situations that, that they need completed in their life and, and projects. And one day I'm going to be a grandparent and I'm going to still have to, I'm going to have to force myself to let my grown daughters till their land and force myself to let my grown son till his own land and force myself to let their children till their own land. Praise God. Now what I can do is stand on the sidelines and say, that's not how you ride the tractor. Praise God. Hallelujah. But I'm going to have to let him ride the tractor, even if he rides it dead into the wall. Praise God. And they're just... Somebody give God some praise. Somebody give God some praise. Hey, and it's going to hurt. I'm telling you that there, there, there are days where there is nothing more painful, more painful than watching, amen, somebody that you think you're supposed to be helping till their land. There are times, there are times you will step out by faith. I'm preaching really good right about now, just so you know. I'm feeling some energy here. Praise God. Amen. There are times you, you're, you're going to step out by faith. You're going to obey the word of God and you're going to say, you know what? I'm going to focus today on me. And your phone's going to ring. And that person's field that you've been tilling is going to be a disaster. I'm telling you, it's going to be a hot mess. And you know what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to let them know, we're praying. We're praying. Because I'm going to let you ride this out so you never ride on that tractor like that again. I'm going to let you ride this out until you figure out you don't put seeds in the ground in the dead of winter while it's raining. I'm going to let you work this out until you figure out that those rodents got to get killed by somebody. Praise God. I'm going to just let you ride this out until you figure out that weeds, amen, don't, don't get rid of themselves. Praise God. Because there's going to be a day I'm not here. There's going to be a day I can't take care of you, and you're going to be at this point anyway. So we might as well get to this point now. We might as well. Amen. Hallelujah. And let, let, let me say this. Somebody's, okay, we losing points here. That's all right. Let me talk to all the single people for just one second. Don't be tilling in married people's lands. Don't be, and don't be tilling. Listen, when you're single, and I was single a long time. I'm telling you I was single a long time. I didn't get married until I was 29. I was single a long time. And uh, uh, I'm just telling you, you got, when I was single, I had all kinds of leftover energy. And I just had appointed myself the representative of all kinds of people. I was just in, in everybody's business. I'm not afraid to say that. I was just, I was on everybody's tractor. I mean, I was, I was helping pull fruits off everybody's apples tree. And it just, I, it was a mess. 
It was a mess. I'm telling I hurt people. I'm not afraid to tell you that I hurt people. When and, and when I finally woke up to it and I realized that all this leftover energy, all this leftover strength, all this leftover whatever, that's supposed to be going to God. Yeah. And the scripture says that. It says they that are not married, amen, should mind the things of the Lord. Praise God. And then and all of a sudden I found myself at the church cleaning it when nobody else was cleaning it. And I found myself, amen, hallelujah, in the house of God early praying, teaching Bible studies. Praise God. I found myself doing all kinds of good work for the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. But I had to wake up and realize I have no land to till but my own. Amen. I got to till this thing. Praise God. I got to I got to till till I get married. I got to till till I get blessed. I got to till. Y'all ain't hearing me this morning. Come on. It just And is Hey. If you listen to what I'm preaching, you will have bread. Yeah. You will have bread, enough to be satisfied with. Praise God. Hey, let's move on. Wisdom, wisdom works on the outside and the inside. I want you to notice how the scripture says that wisdom has built her house and she has furnished her table. So wisdom did a whole lot of work on the outside, but she also did a whole lot of work on the inside. We don't have time to get into this, but, you know, Joseph. Joseph is probably one of the most remarkable people in Scripture. Uh, Joseph had something on the inside that had the power, and it actually did, to change the course of an entire nation. Joseph had a gift. It had a gift. He had a gift that presidents and potentates recognized. Pharaoh said of him, can anyone find a man like this in whom the spirit of God dwells? He said, man, this, is, this guy is no slouch. But in Genesis 41 and 14, right before Joseph goes to see Pharaoh, the scripture says, then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon, and he, Joseph, shaved himself and changed his raiment and came in unto Pharaoh. Joseph knew he had Joseph knew he had a gift on the inside, but he didn't fail to dress up for the occasion. All right, all right. Joseph didn't come out of the dungeon talking about God sees the heart. Joseph said, I got a gift, and I better shave up, clean up, and dress up. I'm telling you, wisdom does work on the outside, and wisdom does work on the inside. Wisdom... Wisdom says, I'm going to iron this shirt. Wisdom says, I'm going to cut this hair. Y'all getting quiet on me? That's all right. I'm going to keep on preaching. Wisdom says, I'm going to shave this face. I'm going to clean up. I'm going to look the very best I can for my situation, because I'm expecting a blessing. Wisdom says, I'm not showing up slouch looking. Wisdom says, I got a gift. I know I got a gift, and I'm going to dress like I got a gift. I'm going to look like I got a gift. I'm going to act like I got a gift. Praise God. I'm dressing up for my moment. Praise God. Hey, guess what? Every time you come to church, this is a moment. Uh, every time you come to church, you're stepping into the house of God. Praise God. Amen. Do your best. Amen. When you come into the house of God. Somebody give God some praise right now. Hallelujah. careful because there's a there's a there's 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 forms of depression 
there's forms of depression that, 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 that will creep up into your life and tell you, why, why brush your hair? Hey, you know what? I'm, 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 I just want to be very frank and honest with this church right now. I have struggled with depression to the point of suicide. Not, not recently, before being saved. So, so, do not think I'm casting stones. But I am letting you know that when I got full of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost started dealing with me about certain things I had to do to keep, to keep, see, because when you catch a healing, what a lot of people don't know about a healing is then that you, you become the guardian and the steward of that healing and you have to protect it and you have to fight. You have to, you have to keep the snakes out of your garden. When God puts you in a special place and God says, all right, you didn't go to therapy. All right. You didn't get counseling. All right. You didn't take any lithium. All right. You didn't take any whatever. I delivered you. It is now your job to get your dukes up. It is now your job to look out for snakes. It is not God didn't heal you so you could just sit back and chill. God healed you so that you can get on the offensive for one time. God healed you so that you... just telling you when I came out of depression I started brushing my hair I, I, I'm telling you I had I had hair everywhere prior when I was my most depressed my hair just kept getting longer longer and 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 naughtier and rattier I just had hair everywhere and I was I was already ready to start getting dreadlocks But I'm telling you, the day, the, the, <laughs> you know, when I, you, I was praying one day. I don't know why I'm telling you guys this story. I'm having a real moment here. But somebody needs to hear me. You know, when I was little, I was kind of a happy kid. I didn't even know we were poor. I thought, man, when me and my family all slept in the room, same room, I thought, man, this is great. Mom's right there, sister's right there. It was like slumber party in my mind. You know, my mom, we were broke. We didn't have a whole lot of food, but I'm just telling you, there's some stuff my mom could make with just some, some, some canned food and some tortillas. Brother, I'm telling you, we ate good. Man, water with lemon and sugar? That was soda. <laughs> I thought, what a blessing. We got the lemons from the neighbor's tree. <laughs> but when I was happy and I was little, I was fascinated with brushing my hair. And I had this hairdo that I just parted it right down the middle and I slicked it down. And I didn't want hair over my ears, on my neck. I mean, and I, I remember one time, like, I thought, you know, this is, like, right. <laughs> and my whole family started making fun of me. 
and they started calling me Benito Juarez, who was the, the first Mexi president of Mexico. And you Google it. He had, he had this, his hair looked like that. And so they said I had the Benito Juarez, praise God. And then, my, and then I had cousins say, man, the top of your hair looks like a Bible, like an open Bible, praise God. They didn't know I had a calling, praise God. I didn't know I had a calling. <laughs> but I was happy, and I wanted my head brushed. I wanted, I wanted stuff nailed down and looking right. I wanted an open Bible on my dome. Amen. And when God delivered me, from depression, I said, I'm going to go get me a nice tight fade, and I'm going to get this hair, amen, under control, and I'm going to dominate this thing. I'm getting this thing off my collar. I'm getting this thing off the front. Hey, amen. I didn't just get the hair off the back of my collar. I got the hair off the front of my collar, too. I shaved my face, and I shaved my head, and I got my hair under control, and I started waking up in the morning, and I started doing, I didn't even have a job, but I looked like I had a job, praise God, and I'm just telling you, I just, amen, I'm, I'm, there's just something, that you, there's just something that you, you but I, little did I know, God was teaching me how to get the snakes out of my garden, God was teaching me how to look out, amen, for serpents in my blessing, amen, hallelujah, some of you need to recognize that there are snakes, amen, that you, that God has exiled out of your blessing, he kicked them out, but they're coming back, they're coming back. They're slithering back. Amen. They're going to try to slick their way back. Amen. Hallelujah. You're going to have to, you, you, you got, you got to sow it up. You got to sow it up. Amen. Cause you got a Pharaoh to see. You got some Kings to talk to. You got some palaces. You got to tread in. There's some places you, Oh, somebody give God some praise. Hallelujah. You got it. You listen. When you're depressed, I'm giving you good depression advice. When you're depressed, dress up. When you're depressed, take your clothes down to the tailor and get them, get them looking just right. Get your stuff fixed. Look good. Hey, why? Because you're sending yourself back a signal. You're sending yourself. Hey Amen. I'm telling you when, you, when you got the drip on, you feel special. Praise God. You just you drip cures depression. Hey Amen. Just, just, just start looking a little better. Praise God. And you'll start feeling a little. So you, you think this is a joke? You think I'm kidding? Do you realize that human civilizations for years have known that the way you dress creates a certain energy among your community and back to yourself? I'm Mexican, right? So we had, my, my ancestors are Aztecs, según yo, right? But I'm just, I'm just telling you, praise God, you know, if, we, if we're talking about tribal people on islands that have no contact, we, we go back thousands, you know what they do when they wanted to signal, amen, that they wanted to look scary, amen, they would dress a certain way. When they wanted to signal, Amen. To the other tribes. Amen. We're tough. We're strong. They would dress a certain way. When they wanted to signal to one another, this is a special event, they would dress a, a special way. But nowadays, folks don't dress up for nothing, which means you have no fight to fight. You have no special place to go to. You're not big. You're not strong. You're not scary. You're not risen. Hey, I'm telling you, dress up like you got somewhere to go. Look like you got something to fight for. Come on, show your kids. Amen. This is special. These are good. Somebody give God some praise. Hallelujah. You. Hey, you want to know the truth? There was a time in my life, I, I, Brother Sammy, I didn't have the money. I didn't have the money to buy nice clothes. And I, I went down to Walmart and Old Navy, and I bought a bunch of, I bought, a, I bought everything on the sales rack. 
and I, and I took it all down to the tailor. And I said, I'm going to look the best I can in my old Navy. I'm going to look the best that I can in my Walmart. I can't tell you how much, how many times the tailoring costs more than the clothes. I was buying $5 pants and getting them tailored for 20 bucks. But I was, I was telling myself something. I was telling people something. You know, because people know when you got a $20 tailor on a $5 pair of pants. And people say, you know, man, that guy's pretty serious about himself. And you, got, you, and you know what? You, see, we don't realize. We, we don't, we don't, we don't. When you're in the car by yourself, you talk to yourself. Yes, yes. We talk to ourselves every day. Now, don't answer. That's a problem. <laughs> but we talk to ourselves all the time. And, we, and, and just like in real life, we talk to ourselves in different pitches. We yell. We whisper. And there's a whisper in the soul. That when you don't take care of yourself, you whisper to yourself. That's right. You're no good anyway. That's right. When you don't keep promises to yourself, there's a whisper. This is why your parents didn't like you. When you don't take care of yourself, when you don't take care of yourself, the whisper goes out. No one would notice if you're gone. When you take care of yourself, even when nothing's going on, even when doors aren't opening and it seems like heaven's made of brass, and your mom forgot your birthday, and your dad forgot your birthday, and your husband forgot the anniversary, and the kids didn't say thank you, but you are taking care of you. You are building your house. Yeah. You're hewing yeah. your pillars. Yeah. Yeah. You are minding your field. You're tilling. Yeah. You are tilling. You are tilling. You're putting seeds in the ground, and there's no rain coming. You know what whisper comes out from the depths of your soul? There's something that's going to happen. Something good is on its way. God is a good. Oh, I feel like crying right now. I don't know who I am preaching. I feel like crying right now. I don't know who I'm preaching to right now, but I pray in the name of Jesus that you would come out of the depression that your marriage has you in, that you would come out of the depression that your children have you in, that you would come out of the depression that your health has you in, that you would come out of the depression that your, that, oh, Jesus, I pray that you would just start throwing seeds in the ground. Amen. When it doesn't look like there's rain coming, I just pray that you would saddle the donkey. Praise God. Put a yoke on it. Praise God. And start tilling the ground. Praise God. Even when it doesn't look like it. Come on, somebody. Hey, I'm telling you, this kind of stuff will pull you out of suicide. This kind of stuff will pull you out of unemployment. This kind of stuff will pull your marriage back together. This kind of stuff will help you raise that child. This kind of stuff will help you walk your son and your daughter, amen, through high school. This kind of stuff. Oh, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Oh, give God some praise right now. Hallelujah. 
hands and pray just for one moment. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, let's pray, let's pray, let's pray. Oh, Jesus, I pray for a loosing on the minds of your people. Hallelujah. Hey, I want to be honest with you. I remember a time in my life where I was in a situation that I genuinely could not see any way out. Like, I'm telling you, I couldn't see a way out. I promise you. And it was serious. In fact, it was the only time in my life as a Christian that I felt close to the depression I had before being saved. And I, I would say I was depressed. You know, if you, if you want to evaluate me. But, you know, I was really frustrated because I kept... I had already like made it up in my mind what I what what I was supposed to do. And so I kept doing that. And I just kept hitting a wall, hitting a wall. And like it never dawned on me, why don't you try something else? But you want to know what threw me for a loop, Sister Leslie? I remember where I was. I was I was grad I was in I, I can tell you where I was. I was I was in my kitchen. I was reaching in the cabinet for a drink, a protein drink. And I remember I was like scooping the protein to the, to the, to the water. And I heard a verse out of Ecclesiastes. Because I was like down. This was early in the morning, so I was feeling kind of depressed. And I was like, man, you know, I've been trying this for years. It's not working. And man, I just, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this trouble. I'm like, it's bad. Now, if I were to be honest with you, I wouldn't have been shocked if God said, try something else. But that's not what he said. He said, cast your bread on the water seven times, a.k.a. try seven other things. And it says, cast your bread on the water seven times because you never know which way will prosper. Because, you know, bread got a different price in different lands. And what the writer is saying is if you got something to sell, don't just go sell it in one area. Go sell it in seven different cities because you never know where this might have a higher value than it does in some other places. And when God dealt with me that morning, he said, you've been trying this. I'm not going to tell you to try this. I'm going to tell you to try this. And I, and it just, and I, all of a sudden, Sister Hannah, I said, I'm going to throw everything I got at this problem. I'm going to read books. I'm going to ask for advice. I'm going to sit down and journal. I'm going to write. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to walk every day for three miles. I'm going to, I'm going to do whatever I can to figure out how to get out of this mess. I'm going to listen to preaching in the morning. I'm going to listen to preaching at night. I'm going to put scriptures on the refrigerator. I'm going to do whatever I can, but I'm going to try everything I know to try. Praise God, I'm going to call the smartest, most educated people I know. I'm going to do whatever. I'm going to fast. Amen. I'm going to do everything in my I'm throwing the kitchen sink at this problem. Praise God. And I came to tell somebody, amen, this morning, as hurtful as it may sound, amen, stop doing what you're doing and start doing a whole lot more. Praise God. I know that sounds overwhelming. Huh? I know that sounds like something you can't even do. You can do it. You're stronger. You're more resilient than you think. Plus, you got God on your side. Yeah. 
you got God on your side. Oh, hallelujah. Give God some praise right now. Oh, let's praise him. 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 I'm almost done. I'm almost done. This is my last point, I promise. I want you to notice in Proverbs 9, 1 through 2, how the writer goes out of his way to make sure that wisdom is referred to as a woman. Even though she's doing a job that's not associated with women. Listen, it don't matter if you're talking about 4,000 years ago or 2023. Women were not typically known for doing construction work. Hey, wisdom was able to do the hard work and not lose her femininity. And, and, and as I close, I want to talk to you about doing hard work without losing your identity. Because there's a there, there is a grind. There is a push. There is a workload that when you get into it, the, there will be an attack and a temptation for you to lose your identity. And I'm going to talk to the ladies first. The harder you work and the more responsibility you assume for your own life, the more the devil will attack you and life will tempt you to act and behave like less of a woman. Hard work can make you hard in a way that God never intended women to be. You start working really hard in order to make life move in a certain, in order to move the needle. And ladies, if you're not careful, there'll be a spirit that comes over you that'll try to get you to be less woman, less ladylike. And guess what? Guess what I'm not saying? That you'll become more masculine. Because in fact, you will not. You will become something else that is neither feminine or masculine. And that's actually worse. And you have to guard yourself. No matter how hard you work, you can't lose that nurturing, caring, loving side of yourself. You can't, you can't, you can't lose that side of you that makes you a woman. And I know people have all kinds of issues today on what a woman is. I'm just, we ain't gonna do that foolishness. I'm just telling you. Don't let your job, whether it's part-time, full-time, sometime, don't let, don't let how hard you have to work to pull your family out of debt. Don't let how hard you have to work, amen, to get your health in order, to get your education, whatever. Don't let that take away your womanhood. You keep being a woman. 
You keep caring about your kids looking cute. You keep caring about learning a new recipe. You keep caring about brushing your hair. You keep caring about looking nice. You keep caring about keeping yourself together. You keep caring, amen, hallelujah, about having a warm, welcoming home. Praise God. You keep caring about bringing the family together. You keep caring about having moments that are emotional and affectionate and full of blessing and grace and mercy. You keep caring about the things that make a woman a woman. You don't, don't you cast off, don't you cast off, praise God, your womanhood because you got to work overtime. Don't you cast off your womanhood because you got to bring, you got to, you got to get the credit score back up. Don't you cast off being a woman, praise God. I'm preaching really good right about now, praise God. Don't you cast off being a woman, praise God. I'm telling you, wisdom has built her house, but she did it with a pink hammer. I'm just, you, you just got to have that kind of an attitude. I'm going to do what I got to do, but I'm going to do it like a lady. I'm going to do what I got to do, but I'm going to look like a woman. I'm going to do what I got to do. But I'm not going to talk rough. I'm going to do what I got to do. I'm going to, I got to do what I got to do. I'm not putting overalls on. I got to do what I got to do. Oh, somebody give God some praise right now. Hallelujah. Yes. Come on, give God praise. Hallelujah. Yes, praise the Lord right now. I feel God. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Can we just magnify Jesus here for just a few seconds? Praise God. Hey, if you're single, hey, don't forget, you want to get married. So I said, I don't want to. Well, you can't be a fornicator. So scrap, scrape some of those rough edges off. Quit talking crazy to people. It's not ladylike. You're getting quite, I, don't, I will preach this, praise God, and formally dismiss people at the same time. You, you, you got to keep, keep yourself together. Don't get all rough and bully. Don't get burly. Don't be the loudest person in the parking lot. Have discretion and modesty. We are called to modesty. Men and women. I'm going to preach to the men. The women think, man, pastor's in the women's lane. I am in the women's lane. That's right. Don't forget. Don't forget. There, there's men out there that are great men. I don't care. I don't care who you've dated in the past. I don't care who hurt you. I don't care what's happened to you. I am telling you in the name of Jesus, there are good godly men out in this world and be a good husband to you who would do you some good to get to know. But not if you're all rough and tough and tumbly. Praise God. You're not even masculine. You're just annoying. Don't be that way. Praise God. Fix that. And don't let the fact, don't let the fact, don't let the fact that you've had to take care of yourself and handle business for yourself rob you of being the woman that God made you and rob you of being come on somebody amen I'm preaching to you I'm preaching to you yeah don't married ladies hey remember you're still that woman that your husband saw when life wasn't so hard and he thought you were cute and he thought you were fine and he knew you were the one don't forget, you're still that woman. Why is it getting so quiet on here? We're almost done. I know this is, this is, so this is, 
Praise God. Somebody said, I'd rather just stand out in the rain. You're still that woman. Don't stop being that woman. Don't stop being that woman at home. Hey, this is good marriage advice. You know, me and my wife, this is, I hope I'm not saying more than I should. You know, me and my wife, we do our best, you know, to still have decency at home, even in front of each other. I'm not trying to get that comfortable. Like, I still want her to feel like, man, you know, that's the guy, you know, I saw at the conference. And she does that. I learned it from her. And she called me out on some stuff. I was like, I thought we were married. <laughs> keep it together. I said, keep it together. Keep it together. Don't let, don't, yeah, keep it together if your mortgage is high. Keep it together if the taxes are high. Keep, keep being a woman. Keep being a woman. Keep being a woman if all the kids backslid. Keep being a woman. Praise God. Hallelujah. Keep being a woman if you just got fired. Keep being a woman if your credit score is down to six. Keep being a woman. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. If you got more kids than you can handle, praise God. Keep, keep being a woman. Just keep... Somebody give God some praise and help their pastor preach. Praise God. Men, gentlemen, don't be less of a man because you got more work. Hard work can make you feel like a beast. It can make you feel like a beast of burden when in fact you're a man with a blessing on the way. Because Deuteronomy 28 and 8 says, The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouse, and in all that thou settest thy hand unto, unto. And he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Amen. Hallelujah. You know what that scripture is saying? When you work hard. Amen. Hallelujah. The Lord commands the blessing. Praise God. Gentlemen, you're not, a, you're, you're not an ox. Amen. Just going to the slaughter. You're not a mule. Amen. That's just yoked up. Amen. You're not, you're not just, amen, a laborer in some sort of factory or field. Praise God. You are the man upon whom the Lord is going to command a blessing. Amen. When the workload's high, amen, keep your eyes to the sky. There's a blessing on the way. Praise God. But keep your hand to the plow. Praise God. And work. Amen. And do it with some... Don't lose your manhood. There's a lot of working men that have lost their manhood. Wake up, go to sleep, go back to work, take a shower, get home, eat, grunt, go back to sleep, cry in the shower. And you know, you're losing your manhood. You're losing your manhood by definition because that is just one thing you're supposed to be doing. Because man manhood, manhood is found in raising children. Manhood is found in faith. And by faith, I mean a life of religion. Manhood is found in your faith. Manhood is found in your worship. Manhood is found in educating yourself. Man, There's all kinds of things where your manhood is found. 
This is why we got men who are trying to do all kinds of stuff. Listen, I before I got saved, I used to work at a tattoo shop. So you, I, I'm not even trying to hear nobody. But I see more tattoos now than ever. People just tattooing themselves like crazy. Beards and getting bigger than ever. And you know why? Because men are trying to find objects and symbols and signals that say, I'm a man. I'm a man. Guess what? No amount of tattoos makes you a man. You can look like ZZ Top. Google it. That don't make you a man. You can sound like Barry White. That don't make you a man either. It's, it's God inside of you. Men cry. Let me say that again. Men cry. Men cry to their wives. Men have, I can't tell you how many times I've looked at my, my, my wife and just cried. And just told her I'm broken. Man, I'm really broken about this. This hurts. This workload is heavy. This stress is too much. And I'm not asking for out, sweetheart. I'm asking that you help me to pray. And then load the rack so I can get under it again. I'm asking you to help me. Just remind me. Just remind me that we got to get out with the kids tomorrow. Come on, somebody. I've got me and Brother Jesse preaching by ourselves. I'm just, I'm just telling you. Amen. Hallelujah. When the workload gets heavy, I, I'm telling you. I can't tell you how many times I've been in, in, in the pressure cooker. And all my wife says is, don't worry, it's going to be all right. Don't worry, it's going to be all right. But Deuteronomy 21, 28 says, this is going to be better than all right. God is going to command. God is going to command the blessing for the man that works and keeps. He's going to command the blessing for the man that keeps his hand on that plow. He's going to command the blessing for the man that keeps tilling, even when he's tilling at night. He's going to command the blessing for the man that takes that takes overtime with a smile. He's going to command the blessing for the man, amen, that's had a long day and still plays with the kids and still has a date with his wife on Saturday. He's going to command the blessing for the man, praise God, hallelujah, that's doing more, amen, when he thought he was about to retire, praise God. He's going to command the blessing on that man. Praise God. And he's going to help you go to work. And he's going to help you go to bed. And he's going to help you get back up and keep your dignity as you pay your way out of debt. As you get your credit score back up. As you finish your degree. As you get what you're... I'm preaching to somebody right now. As you keep... 